Lorraine, and I'm black. I'm Sarah, and I'm Jewish. We're going back to school to learn some basic black and Jewish stuff we should totes already know. Let's get learned up! We're doing this podcast to um, exercise some demons, learn some cool shit um, that we definitely should have known at this point because we we're both adult women who like went to college for sure, had access to libraries. Also, some of us like went to Hebrew school and like read the Torah sometimes yeah. and like learned things. And I'm like full on black. Like I'm not even mixed. Nope. Like I have two black parents, mm-hmm. and I I know black. Like people. no part of you is white. Nope. I mean, there's like that part of me that's white. Like all black Americans are mixed. Like everybody has a little something. It's just kind of the way it all went down. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like at some point I should have absorbed the things that I have on my list that I haven't yet absorbed, and I I don't know why it hasn't been forced on me. So I'm gonna force it on myself. So okay. So it was. I wouldn't say it was forced on me, but it was definitely like, I feel like, so what my dad does for a living is um, he works for, he's like the DC head of a very Jewish organization that has chapters all over over the US and all over the world. And so he's like a professional Jew. Like we always used to, (laughs) we always used to joke. (laughs) Um, It was so funny. Uh, So my dad has pretty much always had that job since I was a little kid. And, um, And, yeah, so it's, like, he always was, you know, working with and dealing with, like, the Middle East conflict and just so inundated with, like, Jewish issues. And I think partly as a reaction to that, I kind of was like, I don't want to – I don't want to be like my dad. Like, I want (laughs) to develop my own identity. And, like, you know, when you're young, even if you, like, go to school with some other Jewish kids and it's, like, pretty okay to be Jewish, it's not, like – it's not, like, that cool to be, like, repping your identity so hard when you're, like, growing up, you Although, know? Although, I think I shared this with you before. When I was growing up, I thought that Jewish kids were very cool. That is crazy to me. I, it was, like, Jews a goal of mine. I was, like, cool. I want to be in that clique. Like, I want to be invited to as many bar and bat mitzvahs as I can. I was invited to, like, one and a half. I was invited to one bat mitzvah and the reception, and then I was invited to one just a bat mitzvah reception, and that was that did not cut it. I'm like pissed. Yeah. So anyway, wow. I thought the Jewish kids were very cool, probably because like they didn't have the same hangups that me and my Catholic slash Christian friends had. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that there's like a whole other set of hangups that come with being raised Jewish. But totally, I didn't know about them. You know? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, it's all perspective. I mean, it's possible that some of the kids I grew up with were like, "Wow, God, I wish I was, wish I was Jewish like Sarah." You know? Yeah. But then there was like an incident in fourth grade where this bully, uh, like made fun of me and my friend Anna for being Jewish and Yitzhak Rabin had just been assassinated and he like made some joke I can't even remember what it was now but he basically like turned Yitzhak Rabin's assassination into a joke and to kind of like 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 use it against us like as a weapon or something and I was like I don't know Yitzhak Rabin and I don't feel like I speak for him or represent him but like I understand that your words are meant to hurt me. Yeah, and you're like, and I don't know who hurt you. I don't know where this right. is coming from, young man. Right. But yeah, like, that's what go I said. talk to yeah. me. <laughs> I don't know where this is coming from, young man. This have is you, so unlike you. If you talk to our homeroom teacher and considered a, a self-enforced timeout that would give you some 
some space to reflect on this. This is what we should say. This is what we should say when stuff gets weird at the workplace and people say like racially insensitive things. We should be like, I don't know what happened to you, young man. man." (laughs) Learned Up would not be possible without the generous funding from our sponsors. Sophia's Afro Sheen. Sophia's. Sophia's Afro Sheen. Rejuvenating slept on Afro puffs since the 1960s. Sophia's Afro Sheen. This stuff keeps you black. (laughs) We uh, decided that we were going to give each other um, homework assignments for the first episode, and we will do this for future episodes as well. Uh, Each episode will have kind of a theme, like different aspects of black and Jewishness that we're going to address that week. And then the homework will will correspond to that. So like this week, we're talking about movies and um, we each had to watch what's considered like a pretty major uh, cultural event in our respective cultures. Yeah, we each chose a text that is like... A visual text. Yes, a visual text that everyone in our like respective ethnic groups... Is that what we say? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Okay, our our worlds, I feel like when these two items were released, everyone stopped and looked. Yep. You know, people said, hey, hey, stop what you're doing, everybody. Watch this shit. Yeah. These two things are mm-hmm. happening. And it was the kind of thing where, like, the moment passed and it was just sort of assumed if you're a grown-up walking around in this, in this country, in this culture, in this universe— you, that you've seen this thing. It's assumed that you've seen it. And if you haven't seen it, you know that it's assumed that you've seen it. And you're, you've got your whole, like, slew of, I don't know, like, little um, little what-have-yous, little tags, little things that you say to get someone to off apologize. your case. To apologize. I know. I just, oh, God, it's just like, I'm so intimidated by this point. It's like this larger-than-life thing. I can't I can't tackle it. Or you pretend that you watched it. Oh, my and gosh. And you so know good. enough about it that you yes. can be like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. With that actor. Changed my life. Oh, my gosh. The ending, though. The so ending, though. Very powerful. powerful. But we don't know. Maybe there's someone here who hasn't seen it. Right. So let's not spoil no anything. No spoilers, guys. We better, <laughs> we better stop talking about this as soon as possible. Oh, so yes. what was your uh, what was your movie, Lorraine, that you watched? Okay, so my movie, I'm going to say in quotes. She's doing air quotes. Roots. Not a movie, I found out. It is a miniseries. Mm. It was a made-for-TV miniseries. And um, what, what, what network did it air on? Oh, shit. Was don't, it like, don't make me do that. PBS, maybe? Sure. Oh, fuck. I think it was a PBS special kind of a thing. Anyway, um, I watched... Episode one of the miniseries Roots from 1977, which I believe aired on PBS. Not sure. Um, it's like an hour and some change long. Okay. And how I, many total are there? They're a bunch. I feel like there are nine, ten episodes. Wow. So it was way too long. And That's I was a really long homework assignment. I felt guilty that I didn't start this homework assignment sooner because I've known that I needed to watch this for a very long time. Like your whole life, more or less. For my whole life. But also, but also for the duration of our... Like, coming yeah. together and wanting to do this podcast. Yeah. So, like, I should have known that it was a miniseries. I should have known that each episode was an hour long. I didn't. I watched episode one last night, which I feel like is honestly enough. Like, I could I could lie to people and say that I've seen all the fruits if I wanted to. But, but I'm not. coming clean now. I'm coming clean now. So, it's out Living there. Living an honest life. So, episode one was the only thing that was available on Amazon to watch anyway. I couldn't watch the rest unless I paid for them. Okay. Yeah. And now I'm going to just wait till I can either see it for free or 
if it's like worth it to me to like buy all of them. Sure. I don't know. Um, but you did it. Okay. I, I did you took it. The step. I did it, and I feel crazy because like, hold on. Wow, your notes are. I wrote a lot of notes. I'm scrolling vast. through my phone, looking at my notes. Then. Yeah, okay. These were like my first reactions when like watching the opening credits of it. Introducing LeVar Burton? Uh, hello. What? I can't believe that that information wasn't already in my head. I can't believe that LeVar Burton exists outside of Reading Rainbow as an actor. And when I was growing up watching Reading Rainbow, I remember like knowing, oh, that's an actor I'm supposed to know, but I don't know what else he's in. Right. And how crazy is it that like LeVar Burton's first role was playing the main character of Roots, Kunta Kinte, like, he is the face of Roots. He's the face of Roots. And then the next thing he does is this, like, innocuous kid like show. Kid show. Hold <laughs> up. This makes me wonder if Mr. Rogers had, like, an illustrious oh acting career before Mr. We Rogers. We need to look it like, up. Was he, like, a Jack Lemon type of actor where he was in these, like, really great, well-known movies with, like, maybe someone like Walter Matthau? Like, maybe he was, like, oh my God. like a classic actor. And everyone knows this except for us. And we just watched Mr. Rogers and we're like... Oh, you're Mr. Rogers. You're Mr. Rogers. That's who you are to you're me. You're like an 80-year-old man who like has a lot of cardigans and shoes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so then Pure the next thing, yes. after introducing LeVar Burton, I was like, O.J. Simpson? <laughs> O.J. Simpson is in this movie. He acted? Yes, he plays like he plays the... a sports star. <laughs> yes, he plays a football player <laughs> who allegedly... <laughs> Quote, unquote. <laughs> anyway, whatever. We're not getting into that right okay. now. That's for a different episode. Sure. Um, Not very good at acting. And I had never seen him act before. I somehow escaped seeing O.J. Simpson. Actually, there, I think O.J. Simpson as a thing should be an episode on this because I don't like know that much about him other than the case. Did you watch I watched, the People versus OJ? I watched okay. the People versus OJ Simpson, but like I don't know who he is to me is that guy from that trial. He really isn't a football player to me. He's right. not an actor to me. Right. It's like those things are hilarious side yeah. things for me. I didn't even think he acted. That's wild. Last credit that blew my mind. Maya Angelou. Stop. It's like the fucking all-star cast of black people. Like yeah. all of the, your famous black friends are in this one it's thing. It's nuts. She plays Kunta Kinte's grandmother and... It's just, it's wild to see young Maya Angelou, like, totally tearing it up on screen. She's so good. Oh, my God. That yeah. is amazing. That's, like, worth it alone just for that Last Last main takeaway, I'll say, I'm pretty sure that my mom watched this, and then it was her, like, main reference for anything that she taught me about American slavery at home. Oh. Like, yep, because there were a few, like, major moments in this episode one of Roots where I was like, Okay, that's why my mom said this hypothetical thing about huh. like slavery. That's why she said this. This is why she taught me this. This is why she said in school they're not going to teach you this, but this is how it was on those ships. She was straight up just pulling just plot points groups. from words. Yeah. And that really cracked me up. But she knew that you wouldn't see it for most of your life. <laughs> I so can't you would just live with this oh my god, lack of knowledge rather. She's traveling right now and I can't call her but i wanted to so bad be like mom like what were you doing yeah explain yourself she because she really was trying to tell me like the truth she was like saying lorraine in school they're gonna teach you that slave masters treated slaves like this but i want to let you know this is what they did they like hunted them in the jungle and scooped them up and and put them in this boat and like someone could die next to you you could get you'd be chained next to someone and they could die next to you and you'd just be a kid all alone handcuffed to this dead corpse and that's like a scene from Roots. and then you see the kid like in the boat handcuffed to a corpse that that yeah. was like a moment in 
roots like Kunta Kinte is like laying there and he's having a conversation with someone and then he hears someone die next to him and he starts freaking out and then the guards come and like unlock the guy take the body out and just throw him overboard Ooh, it's so heavy that's intense oh yeah I did you cry I didn't cry but I was like a little bit freaking out I sometimes when I uh <laughs> sometimes when I get a little bit high <laughs> I freak out about like race things specifically the relationship between black americans and white americans and i like cannot believe that slavery happened it totally happened it blows my mind sometimes it's insane yeah. it's so nuts to me and i'll sit there in like a loop trying to reconcile and be yeah. like, oh, it makes sense it makes sense but my conclusion on this is i do need to get over i do need to be like yeah this happened it does make sense because there is modern day slavery going on right now and so i need to get over it um Human beings are just as awful as they were then. It's not like we're all fixed and better. There's still like heinous activity going on on the daily and like we need to be paying attention to it. Yeah. And like not treating life like, oh, stuff's good now. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Glad we close that chapter. <laughs> no, it's like chapter still open. Yeah. Just reassigned to yeah, different it's a long bodies. Chapter. Oh, it's so fucking crazy. Totally. Uh, I feel the way about the Holocaust all the time. Sometimes I just have a moment where I stop and I'm like, Wait, what happened? Yeah, right? What? It's crazy. That's like, just nuts. Like, and America just acted like it wasn't happening. They were just like, well, out of sight, out of not, out of mind, old boy. Yeah. Well, it, it couldn't be as bad as some are saying. Right. Couldn't be. Yeah. Did you like Roots? I really liked it. Is it weird it. to ask if you liked it? I really liked it. I can't wait to see the new one, though, because I watched the trailer of the new one to get pumped for it. Mm -hmm. And the way it's shot is so like it's so current and professional, you know, like the music, the colors and the casting. Everything is very like it feels so of the now. Oh, yeah. So I think slavery cool. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry I said that. It just makes the tragedy of it feel more present, Mm. whereas the 1977 version, I was sort of just distracted by a lot of like 1977 filmmaking conventions Uh, so I wasn't like totally in it. And I was just imagining, oh, what was it like to be a person in 1977 watching this on their TV? That must have been pretty cool. I mean, so this is like a joke I'm working on. So I'm, I'm going like to like try it and like figure out how I'm going to make it funnier. Uh, in 1977, the original Roots came out when like white people in the suburbs were fig- figuring out that black people existed like on the same planet as them. Mm-hmm. And then so now it's like 40 years later, 2016, the new Roots is coming out. And this is like right around the time when white people in the suburbs are figuring out that black people's lives matter. Right. So maybe like 40 years from now, there'll be another reboot of Roots when white people in the suburbs are realizing that black people's lives matter just as much as white people's lives matter. You know? Yeah. It's, it's not really a joke. It's just like that could happen. That's I just think, an obser- I think maybe observation and a, <laughs> and a projection of a possible future. Yeah. Yeah. So for now, I'll just kind of enjoy Roots from 1977, enjoy 2016 Roots. It's so great that we're doing it. It's awesome. So do you feel like, okay, so this was like, a really big deal for you to finally watch this thing that had been kind of like mythologized and like there was a sort of like legend around it and you weren't privy to it and you kind of like walked around with a lot of guilt that you hadn't seen it. So how do you feel now after having watched it? I'm really glad that I watched it. I feel a little bit like closer to my parents' generation a Mm -hmm. little bit because like I think that this was a big deal when it first came out. Um, And I really was trying to imagine what it was like for them to see this. I mean, 
this is really a crazy thing to be seeing on TV. So many black actors right. killing it. Like, right. it was really good. And there are all these, I don't know, th- there are these angles to the slavery story that I don't think had been talked about on TV right. or in the mainstream, like, at all. Yeah, like, what were the, like, slave narratives that people were able to consume at that time? I don't even know. Yeah. Like, I can't even think of another, like, story that, no, I can't think of like, a thing. when was, like, Beloved and the co- Color Purple? Oh, good question. I think Color Purple was a 1980s thing. I think Beloved, I don't even know. The movie is definitely, the movie for Beloved is definitely post-70s because oh, Oprah's okay. in it. Okay. Um, and and Oprah's older in Beloved than she was in Color Purple, right? I think Color Purple so, was her first thing. Yeah. So, like... So, using our math <laughs> skills, it could be anywhere between, like, 1980 and, like, 1995. Yeah. So, yeah, these things are a really big deal. Um, and, like, there, there's this sort of subplot in the episode that I watched where you're following, like, the white people who are rounding up the slaves and the way that they talk about uh, doing it. Like, there are some people who, like, this is their job. This is their main gig. Mm -hmm. They've been trained to do it. And so they're talking about these black people like they're not people. And they're being awful about it. And they're like commodities. (laughs) But then there's, like, the captain of the ship, and his name is, like, Thomas something-something. And he's a Christian man, and he does not want to be driven to this terrible sport or whatever. He's like resisting it the whole way and he's like feeling so he all this. Job? I don't know. I think he, he just. Like grandfathered into it or something? Yeah, I think that he just like got assigned to it and it's like really good money. It was like to provide for oh, his family or something. He's, he's a conflicted character. Yeah, he's a conflicted character. This is like white guilt at mm. its finest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just crappy. But I do like, I do kind of like his seeing things through his lens a little bit because when okay there's like a scene when the slaves they're they're like newly captured and they're like all in chains and stuff and they start sort of chanting something in a language that is not English throughout the show um Kunta Kinte and his fellow brothers are all speaking English but we're supposed to assume that they're like speaking in a tribal like a tribal language that isn't English anyway Mm -hmm. um, they start like chanting something and they're clearly angry and the the like slave master people are like what are they saying oh they're nothing we don't understand none of that jibber jabber blah 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 and like Thomas like the captain man is like I can't understand what they're saying, but I think I have a very good idea. I think they're saying, like, kill Whitey or whatever. <laughs> and obviously, yeah, that is what they're saying. Um, but you don't know. You don't, Yeah, you don't know. But I guess I like, I like that they have, they're using that as a device for the story. Like, there's someone who's, like, aware, like, what we're doing is not right. Right. And we're going to pay for this mm-hmm. someday. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Anyway, so that was me. That's what I watched. It was fun. So I, I was super depressed while it was going on, but I mean, hey, that's kind of the that's sort of like what you're supposed to feel, right? Yeah, I'd rather feel feelings than be numb about this super sad topic. Right. Yeah. So, which I feel like is a pretty decent segue to Sarah's homework. Um. Yeah, my homework was to watch. My homework was to watch Schindler's List and. This is something I had been avoiding doing. I literally left it until the last minute. I watched it right before coming here. Um, 
And the reason for that was twofold, actually. One of the reasons was like, God damn it, I really don't want to be depressed. Uh, and I know that this is going to be a serious undertaking emotionally, and I'm avoiding that. And I'm running away from it. And the second reason was that I have like really bad retention with movies. So if I don't watch them like right before talking about them, I will like lose a lot of the details. <laughs> and like I will see a movie, and then a week later, Matt's like, man, that movie ended in such a crazy way. And I'll be like, how did it end? <laughs> Did it? Did it? <laughs> um, so that's something I'm working on personally. But yeah, so I had to see it like right before coming here to be able to fully talk about it. Um, I totally get it. Like, I feel like I get the hype. It is deserved. I talking about like misconceptions of like what it is before you watch it, like with your thing with the roots thinking it's a movie and it's actually a miniseries. <laughs> um, I, by the way, I thought it was the roots for a long time. <gasps> So, so that's my journey. That um, is great. Yeah. But, uh, as I was talking about it, I was like, don't call it The Roots. Yeah, like, don't slip and accidentally call it The Roots. Also, when I Google it on Amazon, there's this, like, very fancy cookbook that comes up about cooking root vegetables. And I'm oh, like... Oh, called Roots. Called Roots. And I'm like, ah, rethink the title. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to divorce any other meaning Unless from Unless it's, like, a slave narrative told through, like... <laughs> recipes i don't know i'm pleased that would be kind of a cool that that would be kind (laughs) of a cool project honestly like i don't know whatever we'll talk about it later that's that's a funny idea anyway sell that (laughs) um so yeah it was was like thinking that schindler's list was um gonna be really like emotionally devastating and that i had to like be in like certain clothes and like a certain state of mind to watch it like i literally like put on a bra to watch schindler's list because i was like I need to, like, get dressed for this movie, you know, and, like, take this really seriously. And this is going to be, like, a fucking, like, nightmare. Um, It was way, like, subtler and not as uh, crazy depressing as I was expecting. Um, Have you seen I have not seen Schindler's List. And I was really looking forward to, like, chatting with you about it because I wanted to see it. I just ran out of time. No, it's it's a three hour and 15 minute movie. Like, and this is someone for someone who, like. An hour and 40 is pushing it. Like, wow. my ideal screen, like running time of a movie is, like, an hour and 30 minutes. Like, a, like a tight Ooh. 90 min. So, this was <laughs> this was pushing it um, wow. by a long shot. I also, I did break it up, though, in a way, like, I, I was doing laundry during it. So, like, sometimes I would have to stop and put, you know, change mm-hmm. my lot, put my laundry in the dryer or whatever, take it out. Um, so, maybe it wasn't, like, prime Schindler's List watching conditions, but I did, I did, like, overly emotionally prepare for it. And then I was kind of like pleasantly surprised with the fact that it could be addressing such a heavy topic and obviously showing, you know, um, uh, terrible things happening. Um, but, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It was like treated very well by Spielberg. I think like it could have been just this, like, this is so serious, but it was like, there were surprising moments of comedy in it. That's cool. Yeah. And it was, uh, and it was like a really interesting portrait of a flawed man, Oscar Schindler, played by Liam Neeson, who I actually just want to like take a time out and and like note that um, and I can say this because I'm Jewish. But um, Liam Neeson and Ray Fiennes, who are both who are like the male leads of the movie and are both playing like super non-Jews, like Liam Neeson is playing this Christian German guy who uh, starts this uh, business where he uh, he starts this uh, this like pots and pans business where he can employ uh, and and thus save 
Jews who are about to be sent to camps. Like he's basically saving them from dying by giving them jobs in this like factory that he sets up. And so he's like this like really like do-gooder non-Jew. And then Ray Fiennes plays um, this like super evil, bad SS officer. Mm. But they look Okay, so first of all, they both look real Jewy to me. Okay. I thought it was interesting that they chose two kind of Jewy looking dudes to play these like prominent, like super not Jewish guys. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they are very similar looking. Huh. Like there were moments in the movie where Ray <laughs> Fiennes was on screen and I was like, oh, it's Liam Neeson, but he's wearing a different shirt than <laughs> two minutes ago. Oh, it's Liam Neeson getting out of bed. And then I had to be like, oh, my gosh, that is Ray Fiennes. Interesting. And I don't know if anyone else had that reaction. Well, I'm not saying, like, I'm so special that I <laughs> picked up on this, like, crazy thing no one's talked about. But so so my first thoughts as I was watching this were, like, what a weird casting choice to, like, cast these kind of, like, similarly attributed faces that we now have to keep track of in these yeah. different roles. But then I realized... As I was watching the movie, no, you dumb idiot. It's good that they were cast that way and that they kind of have, like, similarities because in a way their characters are, like, two sides of the same coin. Ooh. And they have a very complex relationship. That's pretty cool. And uh, Ray Fiennes is physically smaller than—he's, like, a smaller, shittier version of Liam Neeson. And Liam Neeson, like, towers above him in the movie, like, like literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. And so there are these scenes where, like— there's mostly silence, and you just, like, see the way Ray Fiennes is looking at Liam Neeson. It's with this, like, mix of, like, like jealousy and desire and, like, contempt. Ugh. And it's, like, he wants to be Oscar Schindler because it's, like, this man is, like, doing such good in the world while he, Ray Fiennes, is this, like, shitty asshole running yeah. these camps. And there's definitely, like, an interesting sort of, like, intrigue that they share about each other um, and, like, a mutual fascination. But... Cool. Anyway, so that was I, kind of cool. I can't wait to see that. That was just a really in-depth description about something that you've not seen. No, no, that was really good. And I wanted to ask, okay, to go back to the question or the observation that you made about how neither of them look like Aryan. Like, they look yes. like Jewish. So, yes. so, like, I'm wondering about that, too. Like, what? how do you feel like that served the movie? I don't think it was really given any thought you just think, think it was like a thing that happened it's just and a thing that happened maybe i think they were both cast because they're both fucking amazing actors and they were like oh and like weirdly in some lights and by the way this movie is in black and white oh so in black and white like these kind of dudes have similar profiles let's go with it to like <laughs> illustrate that like you know the human condition is complicated and multifaceted and like we're all sort of the good guy and the bad guy at the same time mm-hmm. i feel like i am giving this movie a lot of credit but like if that's what they were going for they fucking succeeded because cool. they really nailed that. I mean, another thing, and this is just me being sort of like a cynical adult person looking for jobs in Hollywood. I kind of feel like it could also just be Liam Neeson's people had a conversation and with someone and they were like, look, this project's really exciting to him. Yep. Let him have it. Yep. He's going to kill it. He's going to put everything he can into it. This story needs to be told. He wants to be a part of that story. Shabib, shabab, shabam. Yep. What am I saying? Skip it up, bop, bop, We're now and on they, the scat yeah, singer. And they put on their sunglasses and, and exited with their saxophone. Uh, you can be validated for parking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. And so now to ask you the question, did you like it? I liked it. Um, I thought it was, yeah, I 
I really thought they could have been way more heavy-handed about the whole tragedy of it all. Mm -hmm. And they really weren't. Like, I thought it was handled really well, as I said. Um, There were cool moments, cool touches. Like, it was all black and white, except for there's this little girl who's wearing, like, a reddish-pink coat, and that's in color. Oh, whoa. And so that's, like, a weird thing that really stands out because you're, like, your eyes are not sure how to process what they're seeing. Whoa. Um, So there's cool stuff like that. And then at the end— I don't want to tell you how it ends in case you see it. Okay, cool. I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but it ends in a cool way. Um, But there is one moment that, like, my boyfriend and I actually got into kind of, like, a heated discussion about, which was, like, uh, I felt um, like—so there's a moment where Oscar Schindler is having this, like, total meltdown and breakdown and, like, identity crisis where he's like, uh, oh, my gosh, uh, I could have done so much more. He's, like, standing in front of this, like, his audience of— Jews who he saved, and he saved, like, something like 1,100 Jews from being sent to concentration camps and killed um, by giving them work and, like, telling the German army or the SS that they're, like, essential to to the Germans and that they need to be employed by Oscar Schindler. So he's, like, standing in front of all these Jews, and, like, he's about to, like, be arrested for the fact that he, you know— I forget. God, I can't believe I just watched this movie and I already no. forget. But he's—okay. But anyway, so he's, like, he's standing in front of this group <laughs> of Jews, and he's, like, having a meltdown, and he's like, oh, my gosh— I could have saved so many more. Mm. I, I fucked up. Like it, w- I wasn't good enough. And the Jews are like, "No, you were good enough." And like, <laughs> and like Ben Kingsley's character. Oh my god, Ben Kingsley. By the way, Ben Kingsley <laughs> is like, he's like, dude, you did a really good job. Like, thank you so much. Cool. And he's Jewish, by the way. And he's like, thank you so much for saving us. You don't worry about. It. You could have done more. Like you did enough. Mm-hmm. And and then Liam Neeson's like, I don't know, I don't know. And he's like crying. He like falls to his knees. And like a bunch of Jews just, like, come up and hug him. Wow. And it's a weird moment because, I don't know, it feels like, it felt a little bit, like, emotionally false and manipulative. Like, I didn't oh, want yeah, all yeah, those yeah. Jews to be, like, congratulating this guy for this, like, non-Jew for, like, yeah. for, like, you know, oh, you did so good. You did it. Yeah. And, and, like, we couldn't have done it without you. Yeah, I which, mean, like, literally couldn't have, but, yeah. but, like, they don't. Okay, so I was saying, like. But I, wait, well, sorry. I just yes. want to say, it's, like, <sighs> Maybe they couldn't have done it just themselves, but it's not like Liam Neeson's character was like the one good guy. You know, I don't know. Yes, he. Well, I'll watch it. I'll right, check it out. Right, right. I'm check just it out, saying check it, out. it is really weird to be like, you're our uh, hero. You're everything to us when it's really like, eh, this isn't really about you. This it's is complicated. Like, and like our lives like were and still are hard. But like, I mean, he did do a great thing. He kept them from being dead mm-hmm. and that's significant um and he took a lot of risks to do that uh but it's complicated because for a while in the movie you see that he is also motivated just by like making a profit and mm-hmm. like profiting from from the situation so yeah he kind of has this like, crisis of conscience and then the jews are there to help him feel better about it and i don't I didn't like that. I felt like the moment would have been much more powerful if he'd had this kind of crisis, like, privately or just maybe in front of Ben Kingsley's character because then it could have just been, like, two people instead of, like, him on this sort of public stage in front of, like, the thousands of people who helped. Yeah, and in that scene, it really is about his personal revelation. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, like, the the mass of Jewish background actors are just props, and that's sort of weird. It is sort of weird because they don't know him I mean, they're they're grateful to him. Anyway, it was just, yeah. It was sort of like, it was kind of like, I, I don't know. I hope it's okay to make this analogy. Like, it, it well, while I was watching it, I was like, oh, like, wouldn't it be really uncool if we're, if this is like a slavery movie and like we have like the, like the slave master who's like actually a really nice slave master. You know what I mean? Like he like never like beats the slaves or whips them. And he's like, 
he, maybe he teaches some of them how to read or whatever. And then he's like, oh my gosh, but I could have like, but I could have like let you guys escape to like New York and be like, you know, like librarians and lawyers. <laughs> and I kept you here because I needed you to work for me. And like, so, you know, I know I was like really nice to you, but I could have let you go. And then all, and all the, the slaves, slaves just hug <laughs> You know, like that shit would not fly. We'd like to take a moment to thank another sponsor of Learnt Up, Schmool's Scrolls, pocket-sized Torahs for the Jew on the go. Life is busy. Schmool's got the tools. Thanks, Schmool's. Next week, we will be talking about... Oh, food. 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 Black and Jewish food. Food, food, food. Lorraine, what would you like to have as your homework assignment? Little Ethiopia. Have you ever been there? I have not. I've driven through it. Well, I've been there before, so it kind of doesn't work as an assignment. But but <laughs> I'm this podcast. Let's pretend you've never been there. Just but, kidding. But here's let's what I'll say. It's like any time that I've had Ethiopian food, I've only ordered one thing. I think maybe my assignment should be going to like a bomb ass restaurant in Little Ethiopia and ordering something that's not um, like some kind of like veggie potato like mix on the spongy bread whose name I forget. But at the next oh, episode, oh, I'll... it's called. Um, oh, fuck. oh my gosh, it's I just so had it. Good, but I always order the same thing. I get like the spongy bread, and then I'll get like vegetables and maybe some kind of like potato, mm-hmm. and it's just like a saucy mix. And it's very safe. It's very good. But maybe I should branch out and order something else. Order something that I definitely wouldn't have selected mm-hmm. on my own. All Love right. it. How about you, Sarah? Um, okay, so. I am a bad Jew because I don't love, like, traditionally Jewish food. Like, I like, I mean, I like all the, like, Jewish light stuff. Like, I like bagels and, like, ruggala. Matzo and ball soup. Yeah, matzo ball soup. Uh, like, the safest, most, like, I don't know. Like so, I'm going to so say easy. whitewashed American yeah. foods. Yeah, so easy, like a, like a, like a racist, su- like, white southern toothless man would like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, I could share a bagel with, like, a Confederate flag waving, like, hick from, Mm -hmm. like, South Carolina. But the more kind of, like, Jewy stuff, like, um, and I guess this isn't even super Jewy because, like, Christians and other non-Jews love this shit. But, like, I I cannot get down with pastrami sandwiches. Um, Uh. And I don't like rye bread. I think caraway seeds— suck i'm sorry bad. are you actually jewish this is getting weird well that's the point of this podcast it's All like right. it's like so i what i'm proposing is i'm gonna go to Cantor's deli i want to come i want you to come and i'm gonna come to your food thing. please okay okay cool this is gonna be really fun so i am going to order a Cantor's, like a goddamn pastrami sandwich on rye mustard and pickles or whatever do you like sauerkraut are you okay with it? I don't like sauerkraut, so it's going on there, I guess. So I'm going to order the Jewiest sandwich that I can find. <laughs> so, guys, that's the end of the episode. That's it. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Learned Up. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And thanks, as always, to our podcast team, What's the Creative? They do cool podcasts. Thanks to our producer, Alexis B. Preston. Thank you, Thanks to my brother, Adam Isaacson, for our sick-ass theme music. Mm-hmm. 
Um, guys, if you like what you're hearing, if you don't like what you're hearing, please, you know, rate, review, subscribe, check in with us, send us an email, learntuppodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on all the social media platforms uh, at learntuppodcast is our handle. 100%. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. It's a creative podcast network.